Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, we are now in the chapter of Al-Munasik, the chapter of Hajj and Umrah. And this is from the book Zad al-Mustaqni' of Imam al-Hajjawi, fi ikhtisar al-Muqni'. Um, the notes that I'm mostly going to be relying upon for this part of the book are the notes from uh, Sheikh Mansour al-Saqayub, uh, his book, At-Ta'liq al-Muqni' ala Zad al-Mustaqni'. So if anybody gets to a stage where they can benefit from the Arabic, this uh, simultaneous translation that I'm doing from the reading will be very beneficial for that person. Um, so we go ahead with the Bismillah and the Barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kitab al-Manasik. Manasbatul Bab. The appropriateness of this chapter coming after everything else that we've studied. Shaykh Mansour, he says, لَمَّا ذَكَرَ الْمُؤَلِّفْ أَحْكَامُ الصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاءِ وَالصِّيَامِ وَمَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِهَا نَاسْبَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ أَنْ يَذْكُرَ أَحْكَامُ الْحَجِّ إِذْ هُوَ رُكْنْ مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ So, after having mentioned the salah and the purification before that, the zakah and the fasting, then it's appropriate that we now speak about the rights of hajj and umrah because this is from the arkan, from the pillars of Islam. وَإِنَّمَا أَخَّرَهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةِ وَالصَّوْمِ وَالزَّكَاةِ لِأَمْرَيْنِ And the author and many authors, they delay the mentioning of Kitab al-Hajj or Kitab al-Munasik after the other pillars, pillars of Islam for two main reasons. Question to yourselves, uh, if anybody is with us, uh, what is from the reasons why the author and others delay mentioning the chapter of Hajj after the other pillars of Islam. Tayyib, from the answers that we can give is firstly, لِأَنَّهُ لَمْ يَفْرُضْ إِلَّا فِي آخِرِ الْأَمْرِ وَبَقِيَةُ الْأَرْكَانِ فُرِّدَتْ قَبْلَهُ That Hajj and Umrah didn't become legislated until after the other pillars of Islam, until the end part of the revelation. And secondly, لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَجِبُ فِي الْعُمْرِ إِلَّا مَرَّةِ and it's not made obligatory on a person in his uh, lifespan except once. Um, opposite to Sawm, opposite to fasting, as opposed to fasting which is made obligatory every year. And also the prayer which is made obligatory five times every day. So those are from the reasons why the Hajj chapter is left till later on to last of the chapters of worship well manasik jamal mansak manasik is the plural of mansak so kitab al-manasik comes as a plural of the word mansak and mansak can be said wa it can be said with a fatha on the scene mansak or it can be said with a kasra as mansik and it means linguistically it pertains to the meaning of the place of worship and also the time frame of that worship. So we have, for example, in Surah Al-Hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So for every nation, we have made a mansak so that they may remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A place of worship and worship that they worship therein. ثُمَّ سُمْيَتْ أُمُرُ الْحَجْ كُلُّهَا مَنَاسِكِ 
And then all of the actions and the rituals of Hajj were given the name Manasik. And the intention here, Al-Hajj wal Umrah. The intention is speaking about Al-Hajj and Umrah. And to slaughter the sacrificial animals. And the um, animal which is slaughtered, not as a part of the rites of Hajj, but rather uh, for the Eid celebration. وَإِنَّمَا سُمِّيَتْ أَعْمَالُ الْحَجْمَ مَنَاسِكَ And verily the actions of Hajj were called Manasik لِأَنَّ النَّاسِ يَتَرَدَّدُونَ إِلَى الْأَمَاكِنَ الَّتِي يُعْمَلُ فِيهَا أَعْمَالُ الْحَجْ وَالْعُمْرَةِ Because people go back and forth and they visit these places where the actions of Hajj and Umrah take place. The Shaykh, Shaykh Mansour he carries on, he says Hajj لُغَةً Hajj linguistically بِفَتِلْحَا وَكَسِهَا Hajj, whether you say it with a fatha on the ha, or you say it with a kasra, al-hajj, it has the meaning of al-qasd. It has the meaning of that which you are seeking out, that which has become your intention, your objective. وشرعاً, and technically, it has the meaning of at-ta'abudu lillahi ta'ala bi-ada'i al-manasik, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by fulfilling the rights of hajj. Upon the way that was established by the Prophet And Umrah linguistically has the meaning of aziyara, has the meaning of visiting. And technically its meaning in the legislation is It is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing the rituals of Umrah as they came in the Sunnah of the Prophet Now stepping away from Shaykh Mansur's explanation for a moment, Shaykh Abdul Salam al-Shawair, he mentioned some interesting points here in his explanation. And he said, The reason why some of the ulama they chose to mention in their books, Manasik uh, instead of Kitabul Hajj, they said Kitabul Manasik instead of Kitabul Hajj. Why? Because this book also contains issues which are not pertaining directly to Hajj and Umrah. So that's why they call it Kitabul Manasik instead of Kitabul Hajj. For example, So for example, there is a discussion about the Hadi, about the sacrifice. And Hadi can sometimes be not due to the reason of Hajj Umrah. For example, it is a voluntary deed that is given from the one who is sacrificing. And also as an example, In it, there is a discussion pertaining to the sanctity of Medina and the rulings pertaining to Medina. And this is also from the is this is also from um, the mansak, the term mansak, eh? Meaning the referring to the place uh, where the rituals are performed and uh, rulings pertaining to that. And from that also is the fact that there is a discussion pertaining to the visiting of the Prophet Masjid and rulings pertaining to visiting the Prophet And these are not a part of the rituals of Hajj and Umrah So it's appropriate that the name 
al-manasik is used rather than hajj and umrah so Sheikh abd salam al-shuair was explaining for us hafidahullah why some of the ulama they used the term kitab al-manasik instead of kitab al-hajj wal-umrah going back to Sheikh mansoor hafidahullah he says al-aslu fi wujub al-hajj al-kitab wa-sunnah wal-ijma' the foundations in legislation for the hajj and umrah is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sunnah of the Prophet and is the ijma, the consensus of the Muslims. So we have, for example, in Surah Ali Imran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلِلَّهِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed it, decreed it, made it obligatory upon the people that they make hajj to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whomsoever amongst them has the ability to do so and whoever disbelieves in Allah and in this right of worship then verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of any need from any of his creation subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have in the sunnah the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu in Bukhari and Muslim the famous hadith of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah where the Prophet sallallahu said bunya al-islamu ala khams that the Islam was built upon five pillars and from them is mentioned Al-Hajj. The Hajj is a pillar from the five that Islam is built upon. We have the Hadith in Sahih Muslim which is narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu where the Prophet sallallahu said that the Prophet said, O people, Hajj has been made obligatory upon you so perform the Hajj. فَقَالَ رَجْمٌ أَكُلُّ عَامٍ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ A man stood up and he said, O oh, Prophet of Allah, is that going to be every year? فَسَكَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ حَتَّى قَالَهَا ثَلَاثًا So the Prophet reminds, remained silent until that person repeated the same question three times. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And then the Prophet said, لَهُ قُلْتُ نَعْمْ لَا وَجِبَتْ وَلَمَّا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ Had I said yes, it would have become obligatory upon you every year and you would not have been able to fulfill that obligation. And also we have, as we mentioned, al-ijma' yani consensus of the ulama. Mun'aqidun ala fardiyatihi There is a consensus which has been established uh, upon its obligation. Naqalahu ibn Mundir wa ibn Hazm wa ghayrihima From them who brought forth this consensus uh, of the ulama is Imam ibn Mundir and Imam ibn Hazm and other than them, rahmatullah alayhim ajma'in. The author, he says, that Hajj and Umrah are obligatory. Hajj and Umrah are obligatory, they are wajib. From the evidence of this, we have the hadith in um, Ahmed and Ibn Majah narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha. She said, uh, it was said to the Prophet sallallahu Is there a jihad upon the women, O Rasulullah? So the Prophet said, Nam, Yes, upon them is a jihad wherein there is no fighting that takes place. Al-Hajj and Umrah. So the important point here that Shaykh Mansoud mentions is the word alayhinna, upon them. Min al-fad These are wordings. Upon them, alayhinna is a wording which points and alludes to the fact that it's obligatory. As it is well known and established in the science of usulul fiqh, the fundamentals, fundamental rules of fiqh. So Imam Ahmed and Imam Abi Dawood 
they have the hadith of Abi Razain al-Aqli al-Aqili who said that he came to the Prophet sallallahu and he said Ya Rasulullah inna abi shaykhun kabirun la yastati'u al-hajj O oh, Messenger of Allah, my father is an old man. He's unable to do hajj. umrah, nor can he do umrah. nor can he travel. Faqala sallam, Make hajj on behalf of your father and make umrah on behalf of your father. umrah as pertaining to the as pertaining to the obligation of umrah, because a command points to it being obligatory and the Prophet connected between Hajj and Umrah with the wawul atf okay the wow of connection between Hajj and Umrah so this therefore gives it the same ruling and the the original ruling or the fundamental ruling is that between uh, the two when wawul uh, atf is used the thing that becomes before the wow and that which becomes after the well, then they are equal in ruling. Qala ibn Abbas, ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhumah, he said, innaha laqarinatul hajji fi kitabillah. Verily, Umrah is the companion of hajj in the good book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ahmad, he said, la a'lamu fi ijabil umrati hadithan ajwada min hadha wa ahsaha minhum. I do not know in the uh, in the obligation of Umrah a hadith which is more sound than this hadith which we just mentioned the hadith of Abi Razin al-Aqili another riwayah in the madhab of Imam Ahmad anna al-Umrah mustahabba wakhtaraha ibn Taymah is that Umrah is not wajib is not obligatory rather it is mustahab the author he said Al-Muslim Al-Hur Al-Mukallaf Al-Qadir Upon the Muslim who is Hur, who is free, who is Mukallaf Okay, the one who is um, legislated with acts of worship That acts of worship are upon him or her to do And Al-Qadir and the one who has the ability Sheikh Mansur he says Yashtaritu li wujub al-hajj wal-umrah shurut So for Hajj and Umrah to be obligatory there are conditions. The first of them is Al-Islam. Al-Islam. So for um, uh, one who is a, a non-Muslim, then Islam is not going to be obligatory upon him, nor is it going to be accepted from him as valid if he did manage to do it because he has not entered into the fold of Islam. The second of these conditions is Al-Hurriyah. Hurriyah, freedom. So other than the free, La yajibu alayhim al-hajj Because hajj is not going to be obligatory upon one who is not free Wal-illatu And the reason for this An al-hajj min shurutihi al-istita'a That from the conditions of hajj is istita'a Is ability Wal-raqiqu ghayru mustati' And the one who is enslaved in bondage is not able He doesn't have ability Li-annahu la yamliku shay'an famaluhu li sayyidihi For verily all of his wealth is owned uh, by his master. A third condition is a taklif. A taklif meaning, as we said, mukallaf, the one who is baligh and aql, the one who is who has reached the age of maturity and who has his uh, mental faculties about him. This is the person who is endowed or who is made obligatory upon them to fulfill the acts of worship that Allah has made obligatory upon them. 
So the one who is baligh, the one who has reached the age of maturity, and the one who is aqil, the one who has his mental faculties with him. So we had the hadith in Abi Dawood, and uh, Imam Ahmed also narrates, رُفِعَ الْقَلَمْ عَنِ الثَلَاثِ عَنِ الْمَجْنُونِ حَتَّى يَفِيقِ That the pen has been lifted from three, the Prophet said, and one of them was, the first of them was from the... Um, from the insane until he regains his faculties of comprehension. And from the one who is asleep until he wakes up. And from the one who is a child until he reaches the age of having a wet dream, which is also known as the age of being, uh, having reached puberty. A fourth condition is Al-Qudra. Qudra means like the ability. So one who is not qadir, one who doesn't have the ability, then hajj is not obligatory upon him. And what is meant by qadir here is al-qadir That the person has the ability pertaining to wealth and the ability pertaining to his body. So he has money that he is able to cover the expenses of his hajj with. And also his body has the ability to withstand the demands made uh, on it for fulfilling the rituals of Hajj. The author he says that it's obligatory to do Hajj and Umrah once in the lifetime. And the evidence pertaining to this is the hadith of Abu Hurairah in Sahih Muslim where the Prophet said so the Prophet said, O oh people, Hajj has been made obligatory upon you, so fulfill the Hajj. So a man, he stood up and he said, Is that going to be every year, O Messenger of Allah? So the Prophet remained silent until the person said it three times. The Prophet said, had I said yes, it would have become obligatory upon you and you wouldn't have been able to do it. Sheikh Mansour, he says, This is from the ease of the Sharia and from the benevolence of the Sharia. For verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't make it obligatory upon his creation that which is difficult a difficulty that they are unable to bear. ولو أمر جميع المسلمين بالحج كل عام لكان في ذلك من المشقة والحرج والضيق ما لا يعلمه إلا الله. And had Allah subhanahu wa taala in fact made it obligatory every year for the Muslims to do Hajj, they would have been in that difficulty and hardship and tightness that which none would know its reality except Allah subhanahu wa taala. So from the mercy of Allah Azawajal, He didn't make it obligatory every year. Question to yourselves, when might it be wajib for a person to do hajj more than once in his lifetime? We established the rule that it's only once in a lifetime. When might it be obligatory to do it more than once? And this question was posed by Sheikh Amr Bahjat. Okay, so when it might be wajib to do hajj more than once, if somebody has uh, made a vow, for example, to do the hajj more than once, right? Or, for example, if somebody had uh, spoiled their hajj by doing something which breaks, invalidates the hajj, they would have to complete the hajj that they were doing, which they invalidated, and then they would have to do another hajj in the coming year. 
the author he says على الفور immediately that the Hajj and the Umrah it has to be done immediately Sheikh Mansour he says إذا توافرت شروط الحج فإنه يجب على المسلم أن يحج على فور على الفور ولا يؤخر that if the person has the conditions which we mentioned just a few moments ago if he fulfills those conditions that he finds himself with those conditions of ability etc then Hajj becomes wajib upon him ala al-fawr that he has to do it immediately what's the evidence for this in Sahih Muslim we have the hadith for the Prophet sallallahu alaykum al-hajj fahujju that the Prophet sallallahu said verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made Hajj obligatory upon you so go ahead and fulfill the Hajj so how is this a proof that it has to be done ala al-fawr immediately ومن المقرر عند الجمهور في أصول الفقه أن الأمر يقتضي الفورية. It's been established with the majority of the scholars of أصول الفقه, the science of أصول الفقه, that they said الأمر, the command يقتضي الفورية. That a command from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم or Allah سبحانه وتعالى dictates that it be done immediately. ليس على تراخي, not that it can be delayed to a later time. Imam Ahmed mentions in the hadith of Ibn, Ibn Abbas the Prophet وسلم, said تعجلوا, تعجلوا يعني, be quick and hasten to do the hajj al-fariḍa pertaining to the obligatory hajj for verily one of you doesn't know what, might, what he may be exposed to or what, what he might come across in life that would prevent him from doing the Hajj later on. And this is an extremely important principle that we shouldn't be from those who delay, procrastinate, pertaining to the fulfilling of our obligations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because as you know, procrastination is a weapon that shaitan uses to keep us away from doing the obligations and to keep us away from surpassing the obligations with voluntary deeds and increasing in Iman. He will come to us and whisper us, whisper to us, you don't need to do it now, do it later. You have more time, but rather the one who is aqil, the one who has intelligence with him, would be rushing to do the good deeds because he knows that anything could happen to him to take away from him the opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to him to do these good deeds. <clears throat> the author, he said, فَإِنزَالَ الرِّقْ فِي الْحَجْبِ The author now, he's talking about that the, those categories of people that Hajj is not obligatory upon them due to a mani' due to something which is preventing them from doing the Hajj and if these mawani' if these preventative uh, issues are removed from the person then now what is the person's situation so he said فَإِنزَالَرِقْ if the person's uh, what's the English word? bond bondage and slavery is removed from him or the person was ment mentally incapable and now his mental faculty has returned to him and is that the person was under the age of puberty but then they a, a day later they reach for example the age of puberty so if this took place before the day of Arafah was complete and in the ritual of Umrah before its tawaf then the person's hajj would be valid as the obligatory hajj which is, which is required in Islam Sheikh Mansour he explains 
If the person becomes from those who Hajj is obligatory upon them during the rituals of Hajj, during the time of Hajj. For example, the underage child now has reached the age of puberty. Or the one who was enslaved has been freed. Or the one who was incapable of thinking has his mental faculties returned to him. Then its ruling is going to be in this situation as follows. Number one, if that took place, that the things which were preventing the person from Hajj being obligatory upon them, these were removed on the day of Arafah during the time of Arafah. Or after the people have finished standing at Arafah, but yet the time of Arafah, which means until Fajr remains, according to this opinion, right? So it's either going to be that these mawani', these preventative things have been removed during the time of Arafah, or when the people leave Arafah, but it was still possible for the person to go to Arafah because the time was before Fajr of the next day. Then that would suffice him as having his Hajj valid as the obligatory Hajj of his Islam. So again, to repeat, as long as he stood in Arafah before Talu al-Fajr, before the Fajr the next morning had um, come about, then his Hajj would be valid. Okay. So the person who was prevented from doing Hajj because they were underage, or was prevented from doing Hajj because they didn't have the faculties uh, in the the mental capability or they were prevented from Hajj because they were enslaved, then suddenly these were removed from them. They are then able to do the Hajj as long as they stood in Arafah for a portion of time before the sun rose the next day. Secondly, in But However, if the person didn't manage to stand in, in the plain of Arafah, for the time that we mentioned, then his Hajj is not going to be valid. As pertaining to Umrah, if the person had those impediments removed from them before the Tawaf al-Umrah, then the person, as long as he or she um, became a person who is obligatory upon before the Tawaf al-Arafah, then that would be an Umrah which is before the Tawaf of Umrah, then that would be the Umrah which is valid for that person. However, if that happened after the Tawaf, then that Umrah is not going to be valid even if the person repeated the Tawaf. Okay? So it's only valid if the person becomes from Ahlul Wujub, from the people of Wujub before the Tawaf of Umrah. The author he says, وَفِعْلُهُ مَا مِنَ الصَّبِيِّ نَفْلًا For the one who is under the age of puberty or the one who is enslaved, if they do the Hajj, then for them it's not going to be valid as an obligatory Hajj, rather it's going to be valid as a Nafal Hajj. So if the Sabi, the child, or the Raqiq, the one who is enslaved, makes Hajj, فَإِنَّ حَجُّهُمَا صَحِيْهِ Then verily their Hajj would be correct in terms of uh, Islamic legislation, in terms of fiqh. 
the uh, Hajj will be correct. But, but it falls or it comes about as being nafal. And it doesn't suffice them from the Hajj of Islam, which is the obligatory Hajj. As for it being valid from them, then this is based on the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Ibn Abbas said that the Prophet came upon a rider in this place known as Rawha. So a, a woman, she raised a child to the Prophet فقالت, and she said, Hajj? Is the Hajj uh, due upon is the Hajj valid or due upon this um, this child? Not due, is the Hajj valid for this child? أجرun, yes, and for you there would be the reward. Okay? So that shows that for the one who Hajj is not obligatory upon, like the one who is a child, like the one who is enslaved, then if they were to do it, then their Hajj would be valid, but it wouldn't be valid in terms of an obligatory Hajj. It would be valid as a Nafal Hajj. And due to the fact, uh, as, a, as a fact that it's not obligatory upon them, because the sabi is not mukallaf, as we mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet that the pen has been lifted from three and from them was mentioned the underaged of puberty and from them was mentioned the one who has lost their faculties and from them was mentioned the one who is sleeping. And pertaining to the slave, because the duration of hajj al-umrah, is, is long in length, therefore it's not going to be obligatory upon the slave. Due to what it contains of taking away the rights of his owner, because the owner needs him to do work, etc. So the slave being absent from a, for a long period of time to fulfill the Umrah and the Hajj, it would mean that this takes away the rights of the slave, the rights of the owner, therefore it's not obligatory upon the slave. And pertaining to why it falls as a nafal and it doesn't fall as an obligatory hajj if the slave and the underaged perform it, because in the hadith of Ibn Khazayma and Al Hakim also narrated, and Ibn Mulaqan he said that the hadith is sahih. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أيما صبي حج ثم بلغ الحنث فعليه أن يحج uh, whichsoever child makes Hajj and then he reaches Hanth, then he reaches puberty, then upon him is to make another Hajj. Upon him is to make another Hajj. So the Hadith is alluding to the fact that if the child does the Hajj, then his Hajj is not going to equate the obligatory Hajj which is required in Islam. Because they are not from the people of taklif, therefore it doesn't fall, it doesn't come about as a fard. The author, he says, And the one who has the ability, talking now about the ability, who is the one that has the ability? The one who is able to write. And the one who has zad, provisions. And he has 
um, a riding beast or he has transportation which is the transportation as well as the provisions have to be صالحين لمثله have to be appropriate for his like of economic status so Sheikh Masuri says القادر من توفر فيه أمران the قادر the one who is able is the one who is found in him two matters the first of them أن يمكنه ركوب الرواحل that it's that he has the ability to ride the riding beast. فلا يكون كبيرا. So he shouldn't be somebody who is too old. أو مريضا أو somebody who is sick. لا يقدر لا يقدر على ركوب. That because of the old age or due to a sickness, they're unable to ride. فغير القادر لا يجب عليه الحج. So if the one who's if the one due to this, the sickness or the old age, is unable to ride, then this means that he's غير القادر. He's not one who is قادر. Then حج is not going to be obligatory upon him. وهذا كان موجودا في وقت الرواحل. And this used to be present in the times when people would ride camels, donkeys, etc. أما اليوم فمع وجود الطائرات والسيارات أصبح أمراً ميسوراً أصبح الأمر الأمر ميسوراً. As for today, with the provision of uh, aeroplanes and the provision of um, cars, then this matter is now easy. بحمد الله by the praise of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. لكن قد يكون عدم القدرة في التنقل بين المشاعر وهذا موجود. However, Sheikh Mansour's said though we have transport and people don't have to ride beasts anymore which means that they don't have the excuse of saying that it's too difficult for them however they may still say that it's too difficult for them because they have to walk between um, uh, between the rites of Hajj and Umrah from one right to the next right like making the tawaf making the sa'i stoning uh, for on the three different days this may be too difficult for them and if that is the case then they don't have to make hajj a second matter and yajid zad wa rahila that they should find a zad they should find provisions which and a rahila and a, and a mode of transportation which is appropriate for their economic status so zad provisions what he means by this, ما يتزود به المسافر في سفره, that which is used by the traveller in his journey, من الطعام والشراب والملبس ونحوه, from food, drink, and clothing. So all of this should be appropriate to his economic status. والراحلة, and the راحلة, وسيلة التنقل التي يستخدمها ويركبها ويركبها في في السفر, the modes of transportation which are used by a person in his journey. لما جاء في حديث ابن عمر because it came in the hadith of ابن عمر رضي الله عنه as narrated by al-Hakim and in Nisa and others that a person came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله ما يجب الحج what makes hajj obligatory قال صلى الله عليه وسلم الزاد وراحلته that you have zad, that you have provisions and that you have a rahila, that you have a mode of transportation. ومعنى قوله الصالحين صالحين لمثله and the meaning of the author's statement that it should be appropriate for his economic status أي تكون الراحلة لائقة بقدره وما كانته that the provisions and the transportation are appropriate for his status yes, that's the best translation for his status فلو كان شريفا ذا جاهن وَلَمْ يَجِدْ إِلَّا رَاحِلَةً لَا تُصْلِحُ لِمِثْلِهِ فَلَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ So if he was a person of status, okay, in his society, 
and he couldn't find a transportation which was appropriate for his status and his economic status, then Hajj would not be obligatory upon him according to this opinion of the madhab. And the reason for making this a condition, because this is pertaining to a, a, a Sharia legislative matter. So consideration is given to the appropriateness of the Zad and the Rahila. For example, like the spending which is required upon the wife and the housing which is required upon the wife. Like for example, if the if the spending upon the wife in terms of um, her daily needs, her fundamental needs and the housing that is required does not befit her status in society, then this would not be appropriate because it would be harmful to her. Likewise, the one who is taking the Hajj, if he doesn't have the transportation and the food and the clothing which is appropriate to his economic status, then this will be harmful to that person. The author he says, بعد قضاء الواجبات ونفقات الشرعية والحوائج الأصلية after the completion of the after the قضاء الواجبات والنفقات الشرعية meaning after the person has fulfilled his obligatory spending in the light of the Sharia and also uh, any nafaqat, any spending that he has to make upon his family والحوائج الأصلية and any spending that he has to make in order to ensure that he has his fundamental needs for life Sheikh Mansour he says number one قضاء الواجبات what does it mean قضاء الواجبات المراد بها الديون لله تعالى that which is owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of zakah for example or a vow that has been made and it's made based upon monetary value or something which is owed to the children of Adam from a loan that has to be repaid, for example. So enters into this matter that obligatory spending which is owed to a wife or is owed to relatives, meaning that which has to be spent upon them uh, for their needs or that which is owed to them. And that which is owed as an expiation. And that which is owed as vows والديون, and debts ذلك, and similar to that وعلى هذا, so based upon this فلو كان عليه دين فلا يجب عليه الحج حتى يقضيه. so if a person had a debt then it's not incumbent upon him to make hajj until he fulfills that debt which was upon him لأن به, because verily his his person or his Islamic responsibility is busy with paying the debt and he has the need to, to remove that debt from him and to fulfill that debt. Secondly, legislated by the Sharia. The meaning or the intent of this that spending which he has to spend upon himself and he has to spend upon his children and his family without having israf wala tabdeer, without having, um, without spending carelessly, without spending too much, without need. وعلى هذا لو كانت نفقته ألف ريال وحجه يكلف ألف ريال. 
So based upon this, if his fundamental spending upon himself and his family was a thousand riyals, and Hajj was going to cost him a thousand riyals, فَلَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونُ وَاجِبًا Then it's imperative that he finds two thousand riyals, not just one thousand. وَإِلَّا فَلَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْحَجِّ if not, if he cannot find the 2,000 riyals, then Hajj is not obligatory upon him. So Sheikh Mansour is explaining that if he has fundamental needs and his finances don't, don't cover those fundamental needs, but they can cover the Hajj, then he doesn't have to go on to Hajj unless and until his fundamental needs are covered. And and as for the consideration that it should be above and beyond his basic needs and the needs of basic needs of his family that is because when a person has a debt he doesn't have to use his money to pay the debt back if the money that he has is for his fundamental needs for himself and his family so if he's allowed to delay his debt because he only has enough money for his fundamental uh, needs um, so the Sheikh, he says, Sheikh Mansour, he says, therefore, that he fulfills his fundamental needs instead of going to Hajj is from Tariq al-Awla or Bab al-Awla, is even more so. So again, if the person has fundamental needs of a certain amount, right, and he only has that much money, but he has a debt that he needs to pay, he doesn't have to spend that money to pay back the debt because this is his fundamental needs. And if it's the case that he can delay the payment of his debt, then delaying the uh, fulfillment of Hajj is min babil awla, is more so. And we have in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in Ahmed and Abi Dawood, kafa bil mar'i ithman. It's enough for a person that he is sinful and yudayya man yaqud, that he causes the ones that he's responsible for in terms of spending upon them, that, they, that their needs be lost. Okay? So due to that, a person will fall into sin. Sheikh Mansour, he mentions a third point, Al-Hawa'ij Al-Asliyah. Hawa'ij Al-Asliyah, the fundamental needs, Al-Murad biha, ma yahtajuhu al-insan, wa la budda minha. That which a person needs, and there is no escape from that need. Wa hadhi takhtalifu min shaqs ila akhir. This is different from one person to the next. Lakinna hunaka hawa'ij yattafiqu fiha al-jami'i. Lakin, but there are those needs which all share, and all are in the same boat pertaining to. Mithaluhu, a-sayara. For example, a car, والمسكن, and housing, والفرش, and furniture, and those fundamental uh, electrical items which are required in a house. So these fundamental needs, every single person requires them. So if a person said, I have money, so he says, I have money, but I don't know, should I go ahead and buy a fridge that I am in need of? Or should I make hajj? Or he says, I don't have money. So I don't have money, liquid cash, but I have air conditioners, and I have a car, and I have a fridge, for example. Should I go ahead, should I go ahead and sell off these things in order to generate money for the Hajj? So we say, we say no, because these are fundamental needs. You have no escape from them, they are fundamental needs. You're unable to be 
free from these fundamental needs. Lakin, however, Sheikh Mansour said, in kanat zaida anil haja fanam. However, if the needs are beyond your fundamental needs, then yes, you should sell them to generate liquid cash. Like for example, a person has two cars and he doesn't need one of them. So in this situation, uh, he should go ahead and sell one of the cars to generate the liquid cash, which would enable him to go ahead and perform the Hajj. Um, I think we'll stop here with the gap without going any further because 45 minutes is about as much as we can concentrate. Um, as mentioned by uh, science and pedagogical experts, uh, 45 minutes is a good uh, time frame for us to concentrate. So we'll stop here. Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any mistakes and shortcomings were from myself and Shaitan. If you have any questions that you need to ask, then please feel free. Taib, no questions inshallah. Jazakallah uh, khair. May Allah make this heavy now scale of good deeds. And we hope to see you next week inshallah. Do go back and always review the videos for uh, enhancing and improving your comprehension. And jazakumullah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.